When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products. Because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger. Fresh for everyone. What does every grocery store aisle now have in common? Products that come in paper packaging. And we don't just mean the obvious ones like cereal boxes and juice cartons. From beauty products to boxed water, there are more opportunities to go paper-tarian than ever before. So why should you? Because paper comes from a renewable resource and can be recycled up to seven times. Simply put, it's the smart choice for the environment. And it turns out, the easiest choice for you. Learn more at howlifeunfolds.com slash papertarian. Hey, it's Will Friedle. And Sabrina Bryan. And we're the hosts of the new podcast, Magical Rewind. You may know us from some of your favorite childhood TV movies like My Date with the President's Daughter. And the Cheetah Girls movies. Together, we're sitting down to watch all the movies you grew up with and chat with some of your favorite stars and crew that made these iconic movies happen. So kick back, grab your popcorn, and join us. Listen to Magical Rewind on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Brought to you by State Farm. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Go behind the wheel and under the hood on everything automotive with high-speed stuff from HowStuffWorks.com. Hi, everybody. I'm Scott Benjamin, the auto editor here at HowStuffWorks.com, and I'm joined by Ben, the man of many beards, Bolin. Mm. How you doing, Ben? I'm doing well. I'm doing well. And, uh, you know, Scott, I'm a kind of a humble guy, so let's play down my uh, various world records for facial hair. <laughs> okay. <laughs> no, it's just always changing. That's all. It's always it's changing. A... It's always changing. Yeah, that's today. why we call you Scott switch em up Benjamin, right? <laughs> um, I've never heard that one. Okay. All right. We'll, we'll work on these, I promise. We'll work on these. Yeah, they, they've gone away for a while, so I thought I'd bring one back, but uh, that's kind of long anyways. We, we need to stick to things like oil can and things like that, that mm, we had before. Pork chop to do. Pork chop, nice. yeah, that's yeah. a good one. I like Roundhouse. <laughs> that's one of yours, that's actually. fantastic. Is it really? Yeah. I don't know if I remember that. Yeah, okay, that's good. That's very good. All very right, good. Scott Roundhouse Benjamin. Yeah. What's going on today? Today, I want to talk about something that's coming up in the month of May. Um, this is one of my favorite racing events, absolutely, of all time. The Indianapolis 500. Okay. Not not that time in May where you typically go and try to taunt someone into chasing you. No, 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 no. Nothing like that. I, I, don't, uh, I don't know what you're talking about. Oh, good. Then neither do I. <laughs> we are recording, aren't we? Is this some we? kind of strange? Is this like Georgia custom of some kind? Yeah. Oh, really? yeah. I'm just not familiar. You didn't get the pamphlet? No, I did not. Okay. No. Well, today we'll do Indy 500. My then. favorite tradition of May is the Indianapolis 500. And uh, we got a ton of information about it. I promise I won't bore you with all this, all of this, because I've got, I've got. It looks like a, a small phone book in front of me of information here. Um, all kinds of stats, all kinds of figures, and things like that that we don't really need to go into, but we can just discuss the race in general. Mm. Um, it isn't necessarily just to talk about the track itself, or just the event itself, or just it, or just the uh, the ceremony that happens around it. It's it's really. All of that combined. We'll just talk about a little bit of everything just to kind of uh, whet your appetite for the race that's coming up at the end of May. And one of the reasons we're taking this approach, as any of our listeners probably know, there's so much stuff on the Indy 500 that we could almost do a series of podcasts on it. Well, of course, yeah. I mean, yeah. it's a, it's the long. Is it the longest running um, race in, in the United States, I believe it is? I believe it is. I think it is, yeah. I, I remember when we were doing our Pikes Peak um, yes. podcast. 
there was something about it being the second longest, and I think it was surpassed only by the Indianapolis 500. And this is the race that we have received email about before. Every time we do a racing podcast, mm-hmm. we get a little feedback that says, hey, guys, come on. Mm-hmm. What about the Indy 500? Yeah, and trust me, I, I cannot forget about it. This is, uh, this is one that's, uh, that's close to me. I like this one a lot. Um, I, I spent, um, I think it's three or four years. I was, I was young at the time. I spent three or four years living in Indianapolis, um, right around the late 70s, early 80s. Um, might have been as late as 1980, 83. I just don't remember. Um, but the late 70s, early 80s, that's when I spent a lot of time at the racetrack. And, you know, I'd spend the full month of May there. Um, my parents would take me out of school. It was it was common at the time, and I don't know if it still is or not, but, um, you know, if there's a important qual- – not an important qualifying day, but, you know, something that – I was really into it anyways. And my mm-hmm. dad worked there. He worked um, for ABC. He was a director at the time, um, local affiliate. So he was in, you know, the the – television truck in the back and i got to go up where the cameras were and everything really? so it was a legitimate excuse for me to go and you know kind of learn what my dad does at work um at the track which is really cool kind of a behind the scenes look too that's awesome um, so i spent a lot of time there and uh, pretty much the full month of may one thing though ben I've, I've never ever been to the race the actual race wow i know that's kind of yeah crazy i know you think i go my my mom and my brothers go a sure. lot often sure. still even now and um, I have never, ever attended the race. I've been at everything except the race many, many times. You understand that's sort of bizarre, right? Yeah, I know. Well, I'm sorry, man. No, but, no, hey, okay. you're a young guy. I know. I could you get can there. make it. I could get there. That's you could fine. get there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, wait, uh, people who don't know about this, uh, which, again, is, I would say safely say, the biggest race in America. You know what? I think so. I mean, I, I know that anybody who's a NASCAR fan is going to say, wait a minute, the Daytona 500. Yeah, yeah. Then anybody who's a Formula One. For, well, who cares? Formula One. I'll go ahead. Well, okay. No, you're right, Scott. You're right. Um, when I, I guess what I should say is um, the longest running established race, mm-hmm. if we want to be technical about it. Because you're right. The NASCAR fans would definitely object. And, you know, I'm from Tennessee, so I don't want to get in trouble oh, by sure. saying anything bad about And then, of course, NASCAR. you know, there's drag racing. There's a, there's a ton of different series yeah. that people would say, this is the greatest event. So, But mm. but it is called, is it the greatest spectacle in racing, I believe is what it's called? Yep, that's the tagline. Um, so there you go. We'll just leave it at that. We'll leave but it at that. I am, I'm personally an open-wheel fan, and that's because of my, I guess, the, the influence that I had in, early in my life it, at the track. At the mm. 500 track. So I have, uh, like I said, personal interest in this race. Now, we need to, before we go any further, yep. uh, just explain real quick two things. First off, you could probably draw from the name. It's called the Indianapolis 500 in part because it's based in Indianapolis. Mm-hmm. But where does the 500 come from? 500 miles. 500 miles of racing. And it's uh, it's 200 laps because the track itself, it's a huge track. It's two and a half miles around. Um, enormous track. In fact, it's so big, there's a golf course in the middle of it. There's a museum in the middle of it. That's where they do uh, you know, a lot of the parking. There's grandstands in the middle. Um, the, the pits are in the, not the pits, the, uh, the gasoline alley, which is with the garage area, is in the, in the middle, of course. Um, it's, it's an enormous track. If you're walking end-to-end, you, you quickly feel how long this track is, how big it is. Did you do that? Did you walk in? Oh, there? many, many times. Yeah, many wow. times. They uh, they do a lot of events too, where you can you know run or walk around the track on you know off days, and sure. um, they have mini marathon type things happening there. There's a lot of events going on in May. So the second question then, uh, probably you piqued some interest when you said open wheel fan. Mm-hmm. 
So yeah. what's what's well, the, we're talking about IRL cars, the the type of cars where they have the, uh, the the wide slicks on the on the four corners, which are exposed, completely exposed, no no fenders covering them. You've all seen Indy cars, I'm sure. Um, yeah. Look like in a way Formula One. I'm hesitant to say that because. They're dramatically different cars, but uh, they look, they appear that way. They're, they're open wheel. Um, for that reason, there's not a lot of bumping or rubbing like there would be in NASCAR, you know, stock car mm-hmm. racing. Um, it's it's much more dangerous to make contact or even impossible to make contact without causing some kind of damage. What Where where do you want to go first? What do you want to do first? <laughs> there is a ton of information here. Really, there is. Um well, let's see. I guess we could talk about, first of all, there, there have been some important dates coming up here, and I think maybe we should get into that first just so we don't ignore them. But um, there's some centennial dates coming up because this is a, a long-time running course. Now, what's weird about this is that uh, – long-time running race, rather. What's weird about this is that um, the centennial dates don't all happen at once, and that's because of the war years. Um, the war oh, years is right. when the track took a break from action. Um um, rather, the the sanctioning body took a break from running the race during the war years. Now, this includes this. Also, this goes all the way back to World War One. So, during World War One, uh, the races were suspended. Um, so, let's see. We've got um, and now one that's already passed was the anniversary of the actual speedway itself, uh, because uh, March twentieth, two thousand nine, marked the one hundredth anniversary of the speedway. So that was when it was founded, when they decided we're going to build a speedway on this. 328 acres of property and mm-hmm. nowhere in Indianapolis right now because it was you know farmland at the time. Oh yeah, that's um, right. Um, let's see. In, on August 19th of 2009, they passed another anniversary, another 100th anniversary, uh, which was the first auto race to be, to be held at the Speedway uh, because they had a, a race obviously um, August 19th in 1909. Um, so that's again that's the second 100th anniversary. Um, the next one that's coming up right now, this this year, is the 100th anniversary of the first 500-mile race at the Speedway, though. Um, I'm sorry, next year would be that. I, I goofed that up. Next year, 2011? Next year, 2011, yeah. So May 30th, 2011 will be the 100th anniversary of the first 500-mile race. So the first one was run in 1911. Mm-hmm. And then the actual 100th running of the 500 won't come around until 2016. So um, that's because of the warriors we talked about. Now, World War I, I and World War II, they, they took a, f- a few years in mm-hmm. order to, uh, to let that happen. Um, and that kind of led to some pivotal moments in the track history, I guess. We could talk about those if you want to. Yeah. Well, as I mentioned, during the war, they, they took a break or they, during both wars, during World War I and World War II. Right. Um, so there were no races in 1917 or 1918 for World War I. Okay. And uh, 1916 was actually a, a shortened race. I think they ran 300 miles. Um, that's because they thought the uh, the track owners thought that there might be less participation, less interest in something like that because we're kind of building up to that point, and you know it was just a, just a, a downtime. Um, and in 1942 to 1945, there were also no races, and I believe I'm, I'm, if I'm thinking of this right, I, I think I read somewhere that it was a um, um, an airport, not an airport, a um, an airplane repair Landings? station, no, oh, a repair okay. station or something like that, a mechanics area, and the track went into just terrible condition at that point um, oh i it bet just, it weeds were growing through the bricks mm. um it was really really bad situation for the track and, and it was purchased then um by the the current owner the the hallmans so the the track is now owned by the the hallman george family um which well, they currently own it they're they're the ones who preside over the track and that's um the people that have been in charge since basically the the 40s i believe that's amazing they're yeah. almost like racing royalty yeah they are yeah wow well 
let's get into the the track specifically you want okay. to yeah sure i've got like i said i got a lot of paper shuffling to go through here but uh what do you want to hit me with i want to i want to pick your brains about um actually let's see where you want to go let's you want to talk about the cars like the pace cars sure let's talk that's about the pace cars because um know. you know what actually this year we should talk about the pace car this year because that's of interest uh, right now yeah uh, the pace car this year is going to be a 2010 um chevrolet camaro ss which hmm. is uh, of course a special package you know that they offer for the um for the pace car um it's orange with white stripes which is kind of a nod to the um the 1969 pace car, which was also a Camaro. Now, that one had the reverse paint job. It had the white with orange stripes. Uh, this okay. one has orange with white stripes. Um, this will be the sixth time for sixth time for a Camaro to pace the 500. So that's pretty significant right there. Um, and I think they said that the, uh, Edmonds mentioned that there only, might only be about 200 copies available because they make a limited number of the pace cars. Uh, for public use. You can buy these and drive them on the road. Wow. Because um, there's not particularly anything um, different about the pace car versus a street car other than, like, the strobe lights and things like that that they they do mm -hmm. allow at the track and not on the street. Um, it's not like this This one has a different engine. This one doesn't have any different suspension setup. It's it's the stock car that they're using for the pace car. In terms of performance, uh, In terms of performance, same. yeah, that's right. Now, there are a few differences. I mean, it's it's decals and badges and um stitching in the headrests and mm -hmm. new floor mats and things like that um now the the there is a custom grill and there are different color taillights now there's amber taillights on this one i don't know if the street car will have amber taillights or not hmm. it may have red um but it also has um an interior light bar on the pace car itself the real pace car and of course the strobe lights we mentioned so um I don't know. I thought that was pretty interesting. And yeah. the, the stripes on the, the – you know what they did, Ben? They, they did. Do. They finally did the stripes right on the pace car. Um, they go all the way to the ground. I, I remember seeing this on a lot of cars recently. Do you like racing stripes? Yes. I do too. I think they make any car look better practically. They do. They're pretty cool. I, that's my opinion. I, lo I love racing stripes. But they, they've done the, the stripes right on this one in that they go all the way to the ground on the front. They don't end on the hood or they don't end – like midway on the front bumper or something. See, that's my thing. It's not even a stripe at this point. It's part of a line. Yeah, that's right. It didn't get finished, you <laughs> and, know, unless it goes all the way and, down. But now on the back, it doesn't go all the way to the ground only because there's a there's actually a really cool-looking diffuser at the back of the car mm -hmm. um, that it doesn't cover because that's a different, you know, it's like a composite material. Right. And it doesn't go over that. But um, it, it'd be cool if it could, but it doesn't. Um, it does go to the front. And, of course, now this is what's really cool. I selected an interior photo of this thing. The stripes continue on the paint on the dash inside the car. Oh, that is which pretty is, cool. Which is pretty neat. I That's think. pretty. Yeah, it's pretty yeah. cool. So they go right. They come right into the interior, which I think is you know. Oh, you got me. You over got the me top, on that which one. Is pretty awesome. So there's a few a few that I want to point out here. Um, we've got a long list of pace cars. I'm not going to go through all of them, of course. But I mean, when you look at them, the drivers are always somebody significant in some way. I mean, it was the right. it was the uh, the track owner Carl Fisher. You know, for the first looks like five or six years here in a row. Then there's uh, Barney Oldfield, which was a he was a racer at the time. Uh, Duesenberg drove a Duesenberg in 1923 as a pace car. <laughs> um, uh, let's see, Eddie Rickenbacker drove a Rickenbacker eight in 1925, and Rickenbacker he was also an owner of the track. Um, famous World War One flying ace, Eddie right. Rickenbacker, also fantastic racing dra race driver. Etzel Ford drove a Lincoln in 1932 huh. as a pace car. There's some cars in here that you wouldn't expect either. Now, this is one that you would expect. I'm sorry, before we get that far. A 64 Ford Mustang. So that was the first year of the Mustang. Of course, sure, of course that's going to be the pace yeah. car. Um, Challenger, which was driven by Eldon Palmer in 1971, if you recall. That's the one that we talked about that had the uh, 
the accident at the end of pit lane. Oh, the, oh, uh, yes. The dealer that um, kind of slid into the yes. photography stand, I believe it was. Unfortunately. So that's why Mark 1971 here is an important one. Right. But now some of the cars that you wouldn't expect, um, there are things like uh, the Chrysler LeBaron that was driven by Car- uh, Carroll Shelby in 87. Um, let's see, going way back to 1977, there was an Oldsmobile Delta 88 that was driven by James Garner. Huh. Which is kind of interesting, I thought. Yeah, and he he came back to drive again a few years later, another Oldsmobile. He drove a Calais as a pace car. And there's there's unusual vehicles like this. Now, one one strange one, of course, there's Corvette. Corvette started in 1978. Um, that's the first Corvette pace car. They were they were built from 1953, of course, until the present. Just couldn't get in there. Didn't huh? get in there until 1978. And uh, Jim Raithman uh, drove that one. And since then, I believe that it has been, uh, I don't have the stats on the number, but Chevrolet has been driven 21 times now at this point as a pace car. In They're the history. running it. Yeah, they have. Like. Yeah, that's the, uh, that's the top. And then that's followed by Oldsmobile with 11. Mm-hmm. And then, um, I think that's about the only other notable. There's a few that are, you know, duplicates, but not many. Oldsmobiles are one of my uh, favorite cars, man. Really? One, yeah. No one, my first car was an Oldsmobile. Really? Yeah, definitely. What was it? It was an Oldsmobile Achieva. It was it. Oh, okay. I my know. favorite of the Oldsmobile. I know. I know that car well. Yeah, yeah with the the pointed front end. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I Tell you that. what, I I sure knew how to wreck it. But <laughs> moving on. Uh, yeah, but there's some also some yeah. cool ones, and I I mean we'll let this go after this. But I mean there's a there's a Dodge Viper, the V10, you know, which was just stellar at the time. You know, that was right. brand new. That's really cool. Uh, Carroll Shelby, of course, driving that Ford Mustang Cobras, of course, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. the Pontiac Fiero. Do you remember that? The Pontiac Fiero and uh, the pace car version. That was the year that the Fiero came out, I believe. It was in 84. I did not know that was a pace car. That was, I tell you, I was in town, I was there when that was being released because it was early in the spring before I had left town. So I, was in, I moved to Detroit in 84. Uh, okay. And I was still there during the month of May for this. This is my last race there that I lived there. And I tell you, that, that Fiero was really, at the time, one of the coolest things around. I and mean, you couldn't believe this car that you saw in front of you. You're going to have to see the Indy 500 at some point, Scott. I know, I know I am. But um, so, oh, oh, yeah. And a Monte Carlo that was driven by Jay Leno. Oh, go team. I had to mention a 1999 Monte Carlo driven by Jay Leno. So I had a, I had a, before my current Monte Carlo, I had a 99 Monte Carlo. Did you? Wait. No, I didn't. Hmm. I wish I did. Yeah. I think I had a 98. <laughs> um, but. Also, our listeners who, if you guys are interested in pace cars, you'll probably enjoy a podcast that you and I did earlier, right, Scott, on pace cars? Yeah, we did. We had a pace car mm-hmm. episode, which was uh, was a lot of fun to do. We had a lot of other examples in that one, too, mm-hmm. so um, worth talking about or worth, worth listening to. What, what other milestones are there? Oh, man, let's see. We've got a lot of milestones, actually. I mean, there's a whole list. If, if you go to um, – um, I think it's Indianapolis. Hang on one second. I'm shuffling my notes again, but um, I think it's IndianapolisMotorSpeedway.com. Uh, you'll be able to find a lot of this information that I found for today. Okay, so IndianapolisMotorSpeedway.com. Correct. Yeah, and I'm sorry I scrambled for my notes there, but uh, I got it. And um, there's a ton of milestones that are listed, and I'm just going to mention a few here. But um, the most victories. Now they're you know the repeat. Yeah. You know. Three peat, whatever you want to call it. Um, oh, three There, there are nice. there are four winners that have. Four wins in, uh, in Indianapolis, which is pretty remarkable when you think about it. Winning the Indianapolis 500 four times. Yeah. Are f- they consecutive? Um, they can't all be consecutive wins. Um, no, 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 no. You know what? There are three winners that have won four times in a row. I'm sorry. I misspoke. Um, wow. So three winners that have won four times not consecutive. 
Okay. Um, some of the years are consecutive. We won't go through which are consecutive sure, sure. and which are not because that's a whole different stat. Mm-hmm. There's stats for everything on this website. It's really a pretty good site. Um, but A.J. Foyt, Al Unzer, and Rick Mears have won each one the race four times. That means they're uh, the faces on the trophy four times. And if you ever see uh, someone who's won that many races on the interstate, just go ahead and get over in the right <laughs> just lane. Just let him go because they're yeah. probably pretty good drivers. Mm-hmm. Um, interesting enough, the lowest starting position who has also been the winner, um, it's happened twice. Um, happened twice in history. Someone has come from 28th position up to number one. And uh, the, the first one we'll talk about in a minute. The second one was Lewis Meyer in 1936. The first one was the very first race in 1911. Um, Ray Haroon who drove uh, you know, to victory in the first the 1911 Indianapolis 500, went wow. from 28th position all the way up to first place. And that's, other than uh, you know, Lewis Meyer in 1936, that's been unmatched ever since. That's a long time. Yeah, that is a long time. Um, closest margin of victory, um, 43, that'd be 43 thousandths of a second, uh, which was in, uh, let's see, Allen's or Jr. over Scott Goodyear in 1992. Incredibly close finish. Do you ever get a chance? Forty-three thousand. Forty-three thousandths of, of a second. A second. Forty-three thousandths of a second. Yes, and uh, it's it's really photo finish. If you if you get a chance, look it up online. Take a look at the photograph. You won't believe how close they are. But it, you get more of an idea of this if you watch the video of the of the race and you see how quickly they cross the line because uh, the still photo, you know, they're mm-hmm. a few feet apart or whatever. Sure. But, um When you get an idea of the speed that you're, they're traveling, then you realize forty-three thousandths of a second is just it's unbelievably close, That's especially in a 500-mile race that lasts, you know, several hours and comes down to that. What can I say, man? I'm just so impressed that they can differentiate at that <laughs> level. Yeah, it's, well, it's it's an interesting – I mean, it's got a lot of there's – there's a lot of history to it. There's mm-hmm. a lot of fanfare and uh, um, a lot of um, ceremony that goes along with the race. Right. Um, the, the month of May is, is just all about um, – it's all about practice. It's all about qualifying. It's all about pit competitions. It's about um, carburation days. It's about uh, you know museum tours and um, I don't know just just everything about it. I mean even the open ceremony to the race where Jim Neighbors sings back home again in Indiana. Mm-hmm. Um, you know there's a, a military flyover before the race. Um, they release balloons. Um, just it's really really a cool thing. And they have a band that walks around and plays bagpipes um, the whole time. A Scottish band that that. Walks around. I know it sounds kind of corny, but it's wait really... the whole time. Yeah, yeah, not, not through the whole race during okay. through, during the month through the whole month of May though. You'll yeah. find them there all the time. It's really interesting. It's 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 cool. I can't let you wrap up without talking about the trophy. The trophy. All right, well, let's get to the is trophy. That, it's called the, right? yeah. It's it's called the the Borg Warner Trophy, and the reason it's called the Borg Warner Trophy is because that was the um, it was an automotive company, which you know it's still around. They um, they commissioned the trophy to be built in 1935. And uh, they, they had a, a budget, or they wanted it to cost around ten thousand dollars, and that's what they built it for. But these, uh, um, they contacted these. Uh, I think were they silversmiths? I think they were silversmiths, because um, the the thing is made out of sterling silver. This this trophy is, and it's it's over five feet tall at this point because it's, they keep adding to it. So it's pretty heavy. It's a it's a heavy heavy trophy. It's uh yeah. Let me look here. It's five feet four and three quarters inches uh, with the base and it's approximately 110 pounds and that's silver the thing's valued somewhere over a million dollars but then again you can't place a value on this history no. you know so it was built uh, in 1935 it wasn't unveiled until 1936 um eddie rickenbacker who he actually unveiled the trophy 
um, and declared it as the, the you know the prize for the 500 victor at that point. And they went ahead and went back to 1911 and carved every face of every winner into the trophy in a, in a small plate. There's a, a square that each winner receives on the trophy, and they add to that every year. So you know at this point they've they've begun adding sections in order to fit uh, all the drivers faces, on because yeah. um, you know I guess who knew it would last this long. Um, so <laughs> right. in the last driver, this is I thought this was kind of interesting. The last driver, I'm reading from the uh, the the page here. The last driver to have his likeliness paced on the original trophy was Bobby Ray Hall in 1986 because you know every square was filled at that sure. point. Um, and a new base was added in 1987. It was filled to capacity following the 2000 win by Jill DeFerrin. Um, so for 2004, uh, Borg Warner again commissioned another base that was um, supposedly won't be f- uh, filled to capacity until 2034. So in 2034, they're going to or 2035, they're going to have to build a new base for this thing because it's going to get bigger and bigger and bigger you know if they keep just adding bases scott it's going to turn into a pyramid yeah <laughs> a little silver <laughs> at, at the capstone yeah i know it's it's a really cool looking trophy though it's mm-hmm. it's very unique um you've probably seen it in the victory circle you know when yeah. you're drinking the uh the quart of milk that they drink every time see more ceremony yeah um tradition they you should, um, you should mention that one that one's the one of the weirdest they usually place a wreath around them too you know something that uh you know I don't know who sponsors the wreath. I can't remember, but uh, there's a wreath that they place around their neck. Um, it's an it's an interesting race. It's really really cool to look at everything that did, that they do that they have done for you know cent not centuries <laughs> decades 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 yeah, yeah. Exactly. and and it's coming up, which is the whole reason we're letting you guys know about this. I think we've done we're doing a pretty good overview. Yeah, I'm like I said, I've got so much information about this. Any of these any of these little pieces that we're talking about, we could probably do a whole mm-hmm. podcast on them. And I I'm sorry if I've gone off on tad- tangents or whatever, but I mean, I've got I've, I've got more than half of my stack here left that we haven't mm-hmm. even touched that we That's won't right. we won't get into right now, but maybe we'll save it for an other individual podcast. This is all iceberg tips, you guys. We're in an iceberg <laughs> tip podcast. I know. I feel like I this is one of those things, Ben. I feel like I could talk about it all day cuz it's fun. But um, I know that wouldn't be too interesting. So we're gonna we're gonna uh, just wrap it up with I guess this year's race date. And maybe oh yeah, we'll yeah. Because I don't totally I don't know. If, it's it's May thirtieth um, of this year, and it's always run right around Memorial Day. So that happens to fall on Memorial Day this year, mm-hmm. and um, that's it. I mean, and you you should go check it out. And you know what, you you guys, uh, Scott, I'm gonna say it again. I'm going to reiterate. You can't keep avoiding the race, man. <laughs> it's not that I'm avoiding it. I just. Uh, I've had opportunities to go, and other things have come up. I've either just been traveling somewhere else, mm-hmm. something else was happening at home that I couldn't go. Mm-hmm. Um, just hasn't worked out. But um, or you were in a car chase at the time. Yeah, <laughs> exactly, <laughs> exactly. I would even, you know, I, I love the place so much. I would even, you know, I'd enjoy going there for the the Formula One races that they had there, mm-hmm. or the uh, the motorcycle races that they have there, or um, anything, the stock car races even. Um, but again, I'm a Indy 500 fan mm-hmm. know, through and through, so this is my race. I need to go. Born and bred, yeah. Indy 500 fan. Yeah. All right, everybody. Well, as always, thanks for listening. Uh, we hope that you've enjoyed uh, our frenetic overview of a lot of the things going on with the Indy 500. And, of course, we hope that you can show up because, Scott, I don't know if I'm going to be able to make it. I'm at least going to watch on television. We, that's the least we can at do. At least. You know, what, you know what's really good? If you're able, listen on the radio. Oh yeah, and I I know it sounds corny, but I grew up listening to it on the radio. That's that's the way to do it. It's classic. It is. It's classic, especially it the announcers are good, 
in the meantime, if you want to uh, impress any of your friends that you'll be watching the show with or listening to uh, the show with, then one of the best things you could do is log on to our website and check out the wealth of information we have about uh, the Indy 500. Good idea. Oh, right. And this is the part where we say goodbye <laughs> and tell you to send us an email. Oh, yeah, at highspeedstuff at howstuffworks.com. For more on this and thousands of other topics, visit HowStuffWorks.com. Let us know what you think. Send an email to podcast at HowStuffWorks.com. And be sure to check out the High Speed Stuff blog on the HowStuffWorks.com homepage. This episode brought to you by 20th Century Studios' Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. Director Wes Ball breathes new life into the epic franchise. As a ruthless king attempts to build his empire at the expense of the remaining human race, a young ape begins a journey to fight for a future for apes and humans alike. Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. Enter the kingdom in IMAX this Friday and theaters everywhere. Get tickets now. Viking. Committed to exploring the world in comfort. Journey through the heart of Europe on an elegant Viking longship with thoughtful service, cultural enrichment, and all-inclusive fares. Discover more at Viking.com. It can be hard to see the challenges that people we work with every day are going through. I'm Holly Robinson-Pete. Join us on The Visibility Gap, a new podcast presented by Cigna Healthcare. Download it wherever you get your podcasts.